0: looks like we piqued your interest in the hideout first of all let me tell you what the hideout is not the hideout is not for hustlers for grinders or for people who are looking for a shortcut to what the world calls success the hideout is about growing as men creating lifelong friendships and having the time of our lives are you ready to tap in to the endless source that will take you from success to significance The hideout is two and a half days of hiking, biking, and doing the little things that it takes to create lifelong friendships. I find that joy is nothing more than falling in love with your current circumstances and allowing magic to happen. And that's when we see growth in every area of your life. Have you accomplished your goals professionally and financially, and you still thirst for something more? Has success in these areas come at the expense of far more valuable things like your family, your children, and your relationships? Alignment in business, strategic partnerships, and joint ventures all come from true relationships. The Hideout is designed to get to know people before you'll ever meet them. This is not your typical mastermind. The Hideout is focused on the one thing that will fuel everything, joy. And when joy is overflowing in your life, You'll find growth in your marriage, your relationships, and oh, yeah, your business. Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas podcast, where attitude is everything. Today is Friday, and today is the first show of unscripted and I'm very excited to be able to be here and to be able to share people have been asking me over and over again can you go on another podcast can someone come on your podcast and interview you and I wanted to give you exactly what it is that you wanted so we're going to spend some time we're going to talk about a couple of things today number one being yourself number two making friends and number three writing and how this can make a difference in every aspect of your life I want to jump right in To be in yourself. Now, this is a cliche kind of thing that I hear all the time. And, you know, you hear people say it. And for a long time in my life, I didn't understand it. People would tell me, and my mom especially, and my dad would be like, Kelly, all you have to do is just be yourself. And everything else will work out. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but I got to be this. I got to be that. I got to get to this point. I got to get here. And what I want to encourage every one of you out there is to listen to my mom and listen to my pop. I didn't for a long time. And then when I started to settle in and realized that I couldn't be anybody else, and my, I was talking to my daughter, I was on a dog walk with her one time, and I tried to be all f- uh, philosophical, and I was like, Baby, you just need to be yourself. She was like, Yeah, yeah, Dad, everybody else is taken. And then she moved on. And what I realized was is that what my daughter saw is so simple I had been striving and working because I thought it was about accomplishment. I thought it was about me getting to a certain point and then thinking that everything was going to be okay at that time. Well, I had to start asking myself, how did this start to come about and when did I realize it? How, where was the foundation laid? So it goes on back. And I got a chance to be on a podcast just recently and it was unbelievable. Michael Stein, and if you haven't got the chance to be able to uh, listen to him, long shot leaders, you will absolutely love it. But he asked me the question about kind of my story, and what I said is, you know, I, I, I think back, and my parents started, you know, they started, uh, they got together when they started their relationship uh, when my mom was 13 and my dad was 16. So this is very young, but in Utah terms, and especially at that time, I mean, maybe it's not as old as we, or not as young as we think it is. My mom was 13, my dad's 16, they start dating, uh, they connect. Um, you know, my mom gets pregnant at 15, has my brother at 16, they get married, they get married a couple of, uh, you know a couple months, probably seven, eight months before my brother comes along. My dad goes into the military and then they move to um, uh, they move right from there to England. And so you know you go on, my brother's born in, in Utah at Hill Air Force Base, and then my dad gets stationed in England. Well, then I'm born a couple years later, so I'm two and a half years younger than my brother. Well, you can imagine my mom now is 18, 19 years old. She's got two kids, living in a foreign country. My dad's in the military, but he's a non-commissioned officer, so you know, uh, not probably <laughs> breaking the bank. But what they were always instilling in both of us, over and over again, is how much they loved us. They encouraged us every, in every single thing that we did. And they always lifted us up. Now my dad was a little bit more hard-nosed. Pop was you know, that guy that was, you know, he was military side and he was, you know, but it was the way he was raised. He was raised in a little town called Ophir outside of Tooele, Utah, in a mining town, probably about 35 people or 40 people that lived in the whole entire town. My dad grew up chopping wood and having a wood-burning stove, and my dad is, you know, a very young guy. You know, he he passed away when he was 68, or, you know, but it wasn't like he was that old, but it was just he lived in a very small town, had six children in the family, and they had a wood-burning stove and no hot running water in in, in their place. And so for where he came from, the way in which he dealt with us, which was hard-nosed, you know, disciplined, going after it, making no excuses. The reason why? Because he didn't have any excuses himself. But they always encouraged me. It was amazing because the two of them together, you got my mom who's 19 years old. She's just a little girl. She only lived in Tooele, Utah, and then she moves all the way to, uh, to England. And, you know, she's with my pop, and, you know, they've been together two, three years, but they're very young now. They have two children, and She's got this loving side that's just saying, you know, she's just encouraging us, telling us that we're awesome all the time, telling us that we're beautiful, telling us that we could do anything. And then there's my dad is like, you know, you know, you need to put in the work. And it was amazing to be able to see the the connection point between the two. But they always encouraged us that we never had to be the best at anything, just the best at what we could do. But I took it a little bit different as a kid. I took it as... I need to go out and accomplish these things. Like uh, my mom would always say to me, you could do anything that you put your mind to. But I didn't realize what she was saying until later. And what she meant was, is that I could do anything that I put my mind to, but just because I could do it, didn't make it my purpose. And she said, your purpose, son, is just to be Kelly. And so I want to encourage every one of you that is listening, that is watching. First, I want to encourage you on this. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Do it. It'll help me with my son because my son Maddox thinks I'm cool if I have more subs. Just mash the button. You're watching it anyway. So with my mom telling me that I could do anything but just because I could do it wasn't, didn't make it my purpose, I started to think about that a little bit. I started to set back a little bit and started to say, man... Yeah, could I go out and do X? Yes, I could accomplish it, but is it what I need to be doing? And I kept thinking and attaching accomplishment to every single thing that I did. So I wanted to do this thing, accomplish it, do this thing, accomplish it. And then I remember calling my dad. And I was struggling because my daughter uh, was having a tough time in school. It was right after the pandemic and a lot of kids had this happen. And I said, Pop, she's struggling with her grades. and, And my pop said, she is not her grades and I was like wait a second here comes from this hard-nosed guy that was strong on us with hard work and he had to do all these things and here you're saying that she's not your grades she's not her grades I said well what do you mean pop he said well son she's not her grades and if you only congratulate her when she accomplishes something then she's going to get in that accomplishment mode and think that she has to accomplish something for you to be proud of her so just encourage your son And it clicked, and it helped me to realize that me encouraging her to be herself. Now, she was making some boneheaded decisions and not doing the homework, and I'm not saying don't do your homework, but I am saying that as a parent, I needed to just congratulate her. I needed to encourage her, and because the seeds are already planted, right? Those seeds are already planted, and when I started to encourage, what started to happen is she started to take it on herself, And she started to see that she had value, and when she had value, then she wanted to continue to increase and get better. Originally, as a parent, I thought that I needed to show her the way and encourage her in that, uh, you know, you need to do this and do that, and you need to listen to me, and it's like, nah, you don't. Why not just be encouraged to be yourself? And being yourself is, is probably one of the simplest things, but it's probably one of the hardest things. And uh, the reason why I got the stuff behind me, every part of it tells a story. The little jump man on this side, that little jump man there changed my life because I saw that, that logo. And I said, I want to create a logo that's iconic. Now, is my logo as iconic as that one back there? That's a jump man from Jordan? No, not yet. <laughs> But it gives me some to have some fun with. And I don't have to do my business or my life or my relationships or my the way that I raise my kids exactly the way that everyone else does. I could do it signature to who I am. And when I'm doing that, then I don't have to prove anything and I don't have to do anything. Those shoes that are up on top of it is a Jordan 4. And those Jordan 4s came out in 1989. My parents, we were living in a, uh, in a, a double-wide mobile home in Vista Del Mar outside of Lompoc, California. That's actually in Gaviota. We used to drive about 40 miles each way to high school. My dad made $1,100 before uh, taxes. And me and my brother went to our parents and said, and he was the only one working. My dad's the only one working. So $1,100 a month, he gets paid one time a month, and he the uh, $1,100 was before taxes. And my brother and I went to him and said, <laughs> him and my mom, and we said, we want Jordans. He said, why do you need Jordans, boy? He always called me a boy. I said, boy, why do you need Jordans? I said, well, I want to play basketball, and these are the best shoes out there, so I want to and he said, boy, you need to go out and get ba- good at basketball before I buy you them shoes. And I thought he was going to stick to his guns and, you know, all the stuff. And then they they went and bought my not only one pair but two pairs. One pair for me and one pair for my brother, $125 a piece. So $250 worth of shoes on $1,100 income in a month. At the time, I didn't understand it everyone thought that I was cool because I had the shoes I wore the little tag on them if you know like sneakerhead kind of like that's some OG stuff and you had a little tag and kids were jumping up and down on them and stuff like that but I didn't realize it how important it was till later and so when we started our company you know we were in the professional beauty industry we had salons for years until we sold them a couple years ago and um <laughs> I would only allow regular, not regular shoes, but like dress shoes, didn't allow tennies in the the place as, you know, part of our culture. And then we got to a point and I said, you know what, I want to have people wear Jordan 3s and Jordan 4s as a thank you to my parents. So it became a part of our culture, right? It wasn't like the thing to do, it wasn't the thing that I recommend you doing, but if you've got a business out there, If you're an entrepreneur, make sure that you're just yourself and you make your business based around yourself. You make your systems based around what your systems are. Guy asked me earlier, he said, well, how do you do your process and procedure? How do you mark it down? Do you do it in Word? Do you do it on video? Do you do whatever? And I said, well, I'd have to talk with your company. Because if you have a company of 19-year-olds and you're doing a Word doc, they're not gonna read it. If you have a bunch of 45-year-olds and you keep doing dancing TikTok videos to show your procedures, they're probably not going to get it. Actually, they might because TikTok now has infiltrated people that shouldn't be on TikTok. (laughs) But it was communicating in the way of just being yourself. And so not only being yourself can uh, be great in, like, style and, you know, you as a person, but also think about just being yourself in business. Think about being yourself in a relationship. Think about being yourself in a friendship. And when you do that, you become signal. You become so much more valuable. There's a couple of things that I'm going to show you. I've actually got one that's on this side. I'm backwards there. So that one is a statue of Red Man. I'm a big fan of Red Man. And these are from Concrete Jungle. I'm going to show you another one. This one's a statue of Biggie. And this statue of Biggie, there's only 500 of them made, concrete, jungle. I'm not sponsored by him yet. But I like these. You see his chain, his chain moves, and he has different heads that you could put on. Now, people ask me, like, why would you have that? (laughs) Because I want to. Because I love hip-hop. I love little statues. I think they're kind of cool. They have interchangeable arms. Does that mean anything? No, to you, it means something to me. But when I give myself the freedom to just be who I am, then people catch on, or sometimes they don't, and that's okay. But I find that the most successful brands, the most successful companies, the most successful organizations, relationships, friendships, are all because the people are truly just being themselves. And that's what I want to invite every one of you to do. The second part of this that I told you that, that I wanted to cover, and this is, again, just kind of unscripted. Like, I just want to come on. I want to talk with you guys and, you know, chop it up. I, I want you to know that uh, Jordan 4s, I think, are the best sneakerhead shoes of all time. And the breads, those are the ones. And then uh, these shoes behind me that, uh, on this side is the Air Force Ones. So these Air Force Ones were made by our crew. Um, before we sold the company, the, uh, the whole crew made me these shoes. They have lemons on them right back over there. So the lemons are because you make lemonade, whatever circumstances you have. You add a little sugar, you add a little bit of water, and the nastiness of life becomes very sweet, and it becomes one of the greatest drinks of all time. So they made me these shoes, and it was great. I never wore Air Force Ones before, but I just think they're really, really cool, and they're, again, signature to who I am. And this goes right into the uh, second part that I want to cover today, or I want to talk about with you about, is just honestly make friends. Like, make friends, because when you make friends, you don't have to be that good at anything. And I've lived a life of not having to be that good at any particular thing, but just trying it out. Like today, this is our first unscripted show. And I'm probably going to talk about some stuff that maybe you like, maybe you don't. (laughs) Some people will watch, some people won't. That'll be okay. Some people will listen, some people will share. That's okay. But we want to try it. And I want to give you permission when you're when you're simply just yourself, <laughs> you can you can try things, and if they don't work, mm, okay, try something else. If they do work, okay, well don't get ego about it because the, if you bring ego into it the next time, then it ain't gonna work anyway. But this part about making friends, guys, I, I'll tell you uh, just uh, you, they say seven or six degrees of separation away from Kevin Bacon, um, but I want to run you a story like that. So I gotta. Um, let's go. Uh, Jean, Robert, Gary, Lori, Sylvia, Paula. Okay, so we got uh, six people that I uh, that I said. Let's start off with Jean. There's a lady named Jean. Jean Bra is the uh, the uh, stage partner for Paul Mitchell. Paul Mitchell is the guy who makes the shampoo. He was the actual hairdresser. He died in 1989. The guy with the beard and the ponytail—that's John Paul DeJoria. It's a friend of mine too, but. Um, Paul is the guy that most people don't know, or you wouldn't know him by sight. But Paul Mitchell, who was the artistic director for Vidal Sassoon, was, was, uh, started his company, and he had a stage partner named Gene. Well, when I was in hair school, there was a woman that pulled me in her office, and she showed me a picture of a blonde-headed woman, said, if you follow anyone, then follow this woman. I said, cool, I'll do what you tell me to do, because my dad was in the military, I told you that before. So when I follow this woman... I go to a show, you know, a hair show I get a chance to be able to go to. I go and I look for the woman. I find her, and she happens to be working with a stage partner, and he's really charismatic, and his name is Robert. Well, I see Robert. I connect with Robert, and I'm like, wow, I want to force you to be my friend for the rest of your life. So I just stayed in his face. I kept giving him my card and just went around to every time I could, and guess what? (laughs) He told me at one point he was either going to hire me or kill me. So I stick with Robert. I make him my friend. Well, Robert has a friend named Gary. Well, Gary becomes my friend. We talk throughout time, and he keeps inviting me to this birthday party, and I never go for seven years. And then he's like, will you come? And I said, yeah, I guess so. And the reason why I didn't go is because I had to ride motorcycles. And I didn't have a license. So my wife got me a motorcycle license and said, hey, uh, you know, you can go with um, Gary. I said, okay. Okay. So I go, and I didn't realize it, but it was John Paul's birthday. John Paul, the guy with the ponytail uh, that was the co-founder of Paul Mitchell and actually owned Patron and sold it for $5.4 billion. <laughs> But I end up at his birthday party with about 50 people, and we ride motorcycles. But this is the first time I've ever rode a motorcycle, so I didn't tell anyone because motorcycle riders don't want to be around a guy who's never rode a motorcycle before. But while I'm at this uh, this this birthday party, and now and then I start going every year. In about three or four years, me and my dad go a couple of times, and me and my wife go. And one of the times, I'm sitting at a table called, uh, at a, a restaurant called Pooties. Pooties is uh, Willie Nelson's favorite bar out in um, uh, Austin. And so I'm sitting having a burger after a motorcycle ride, and there's a lady named Lori, and she says, Hello, my name is Lori. I say, My name is Kelly. We start talking. She starts talking about a couple of things. I look at her and I tell her the same thing. I'm going to tell every one of you, I'm going to force you to be my friend for the rest of your life. Well, I didn't know what Lori had done at the time or who she was, but I just thought, you know, my dad told me, you never know where someone's from, you never know where they're going, and you never know where you're going to meet up with them again, so make a friend out of everyone. So I make a friend out of Lori, and so Lori ends up, she was one of the top executives for Forbes magazine. I didn't know this at the time, but, you know, we, we got connected. We were sitting one time, and she's like, I got a friend that I'm working with now in this foundation, and he happens to be a drummer, and, you know, he's gone through some PTSD stuff. He works, uh, he, He's with a band, and uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Def Leppard. <laughs> well, of course I've heard of it. So she says, we're doing a drum circle. I'd love, you, love for you to come up. So I go up to the drum circle in Orange County, and when I get there, um, there's 12 of the top drummers in the entire world, drummer from Guns N' Roses, from, uh, Paul McCartney, from, um, uh, Godsmack, from Lenny Kravitz, from Widespread Panic, from Styx, I mean, Little Richard, yeah, I mean, you name it, they were there. Well, I only ended up there because I became a friend of Gene's, who was a friend of Robert, who introduced me to Gary, who introduced me to Laurie. So there was another experience that I had, and I'll circle back on this. There's another experience that I had with a uh, my my daughter was a, a big fan of Kids Bop, and so I wanted to take her to the Kids Bop concerts. And so I took her to the Kids Bop, and when I did, um, we went about three or four times, and we got meet and greet, and we sat front row. But I would always I would just always watch people, and so we we're front row, uh, you know, or second row center. And I'm looking around at the crowd, and I watch four or five people walk in, and they don't have any kids with them. So I'm thinking, they got to be family members of someone in the band. So I watch them the whole time, and they're cheering every time there's a solo, but they keep cheering louder when there's one solo. And it was my, son, or my daughter's favorite pop star, which his name was Isaiah Morgan. And I watched this family for probably an hour, and I kept watching them, kept watching them, kept watching them at the end. I just walked up and I grabbed a hold of one of the guys. And I said, "Are you Isaiah's family?" And he looked at me and then he yells over, "Hey, Harlan! Harlan! And Harlan's this big dude!" And he comes over and uh, you know he says, "This guy is asking if uh, you we're Isaiah's family because his daughter's a big fan." And I said, and I looked. at him, I was like, "Man, I'm in trouble." And Harlan says to me, "Any friend who's or any person who's a fan of my son is a friend to me." And I didn't realize that that was his son, but. I told him that I was going to force him to be my friend for the rest of his life. (laughs) And so uh, he said, you know, can my son text your daughter tomorrow because he likes to stay in touch with his fans, whatever. And I said, absolutely. But I made him give me his phone number right then. And he ended up FaceTiming my daughter the next day. And she got to talk with her favorite pop star. And then down the road, I met his mom, which is named Sylvia. And Sylvia, I forced her to be my friend for the rest of her life, and she brought Isaiah down uh, to our uh, salon um, before we sold all of them. And um, she, you know, then at 2 o'clock in the day, we pick up my daughter from school. We don't tell her, but she walks in and her favorite pop star is in the salon. And the reason why I did it is because I wanted to take um, her and and show her that all the people that were really cool in her life weren't idols because I didn't want her worshiping any human being but they were simply icons who were focused on what they were doing. They were locked in. They were being themselves, and they made a ton of friends, and things were working out for them. So my daughter gets to have uh, lunch with my uh, with her with favorite pop star, and it was awesome. So I kept being friends with Sylvia. And uh, so there was Jean that I was told, you need to go and watch this woman. She was friends with Robert. Robert was friends with Gary. Gary was friends with Lori. Now, just the other day, Sylvia, who I told you about, had called me and said, hey, I need you to come up, or, you know, I want you to come up to L.A., and I would like you to be able to see um, the new company that I'm working with called FameCast. I said, cool, you know, I'll come up. So on the way, Lori lives in Orange County. So I thought, well, I know that Lori is going out to take... Rick Allen, the drummer from Def Leppard, to Miami to speak for Forbes because she used to work with Forbes. And I know that she hasn't had her hair done in a bit and she probably needs it done, so I'll just stop there on the way and then go up to L.A. to see Sylvia. So we got Gene, who was a uh, stage partner with Paul, Robert, uh, who was friends with Gene, uh, Gary, who was friends with Robert, Lori, who was friends with Gary. And I got Sylvia up in L.A., but I know that Lori's on the way, so I stop and I take care of Lori, and then on the way up, then I get to Sylvia, and she says, I got a surprise for you. I said, cool, no big deal. That's amazing. But I'm just here, and they pitched me on FameCast, famecast FameCast.net, if you check it out. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's one of the sponsors of our podcast. It creates a 360 around uh, people, um, you know, influencers and um, personalities and things like that. So I go up. I sit down. They give me the pitch. They talk about it. It's an amazing company. And, uh, Sylvia says, um, we got a couple of TikTok people come in. Could you move some chairs and some lights? Well, what my dad taught me to do is do whatever needed to be, uh, taken care of to be a hundred percent at whatever you did, right? That, you know, be yourself. And what myself was is, you know, I'm never too big for the little things now because I'll be too little for the big things later on. That's what he always taught me. So she says, can you move the chairs? Yes, can you move the lights? Yes, so we're moving all these things and we get down to the last you know, bit of chairs and we're moving some stuff around and things like that and a lot of people could say like, oh, I didn't come here to move the stuff but I came here just to be myself and I'm here and if you need anything, I'm good. So I'm helping out, and walking with the last chairs and then boom, I hear the door go and when I hear the door go, I hear some rustling a little bit and I hear some footsteps and then I look up and there's Paula Abdul. And Paula is walking in with her friend Foustine, and she's walking in with a choreographer named Phil and I can't believe it because this is one of the biggest pop stars in my life. Like especially when I was in high school when I was wearing those shoes up there, Paula Abdul was like the biggest thing in the world. And here she comes and it's just her and myself and Phil and Rex and, and Sylvia and that's it. And she's like, hello, my name is Paula. And I'm thinking, I know who you are. I'm like, my name is Kelly Cardenas, because I'm going to force you to be my friend for the rest of your life. And so they go in, the uh, choreographer, they start talking, and they're going to film some TikToks. So they said, hey, is there a a stand for the phone, to hold the phone? I I was like, stand, stand. So I, I was, you know, I turned into production assistant. I don't care what I need to do. And I set it up, and they were like, can you push record? I was like, yes, for Paula Abdul, whatever, I'm here. And then she started doing the thing, and I looked at it, and I was like, Paula, it would be funnier if you did this. And she did it, and then everybody laughed, and she was like, wow, thank you so much. So we go to the next scene, and we're kind of setting them up, or whatever it is, and they were like, can you just hold the camera? Can you film? I said, absolutely. So I find myself filming and directing Paula Abdul, for four hours on her tiktok videos and working with phil wright one of the top choreographers in the world not because i'm good not because of anything but just because i make friends and so i want to invite you you're going to find yourself in some of the craziest places in the entire world and i sat with paul abdul i mean it was just us but you see it took gene to be friends with robert to be friends with gary to be friends with uh, lori and Lori was on the way to Sylvia, and while I'm sitting down with Rex, who is the, uh, the owner of FameCast, then he mentions a guy named Greg, who has a son named Colt, and I say, are you talking about Greg Reed, who's one of my buddies who lives right down the street? And now Rex completely opens up, because I'm friends with friends to who he's friends with. And after all that, then I end up filming and directing Paul Abdul for four hours, these kind of things can happen when you're just yourself you make friends and you're just available and I'm not saying every one of you is going to meet Paul Abdul it's kind of cool though but it's so funny because I talked to Phil the other day and he was like yo uh you know how you doing I said I'm doing good he said thank you so much for doing all your work he's like do you work with Sylvia all the time because I'd like to work with you in the future and I'm thinking in my head I don't film like that's not my business But it is my business when I'm with you because I'll do whatever it takes to be able to make sure that you're good because I want to be your friend. I want to contribute to you. Make a ton of friends. The last thing I'm going to say to you today, guys, is like seriously write. (laughs) All these things I'm talking about, I've written down. I write down the experiences because a lot of times the emotions that we go through, the feelings that we have, the challenges that we go through, we don't write them down so we don't remember them. And I want to invite every single one of you just to write the stuff down. And when you write it down, you have to quiet down. And when you quiet down, you start to hear things that you never heard before. And I tell you, this may sound crazy, but when you quiet down, it's going to get real loud. It's going to get real loud. Because when you go silent, your mind gets really loud. But most of the time, we just want to keep moving because we don't want to hear the things that will be said when it's silent. And when you write, you have to be quiet. And this was one of the greatest things uh, you know, that my parents taught me. And it wasn't because it was awesome at the time. I used to have to take 10 pages of notes before I could go out and play. And I was mad at it. And I used to write big, skip lines. And I used to get like four sentences on the whole page. My brother would be so mad at me because he was like, how are you going to get to go out and play? You didn't do your 10-page notes. i show him, he like, you skipped lines and you wrote really big. I was like, I'm just being myself, baby. They didn't tell me how to write it. Make up your own rules. Be yourself. And when I talk about writing, if it's pictures or whatever it is, but get quiet and write as often as you possibly can. I tell you, when I take business owners, I take founders, I take CEOs, I take managers, and I have them write, it slows them down. And it has them think about things because a lot of times we have ideas in our head, but we haven't written it down. And when we have an idea, it's just an idea, but once we write it down, it can become a system. And if you want to grow your business, you want to grow your relationship, you want to grow your friendships, write to them. Write to them. And then they can start to see and they can start to understand where you're at. And a lot of times it's just for me because I'll look back at dates, you know, when I went through challenging times and I'll look at the things that I was feeling at the time. But a lot of times we're so f- uh, moving so fast in our life that we don't slow down enough just to be silent, to be able to hear the noise. And then once we hear the noise, then we could deal with the noise and we could quiet that noise. And when your mind becomes silent... That's when the traction happens. That's where the magic happens, baby. I hope you've enjoyed the first unscripted uh, episode. We'll be doing more. Uh, Share them with your friends. Check out the sponsors. Click the links. Do all the things that you know need, need to do. I talked about uh, Famecast.net and check that out. Um, also, uh, you know, please check out all the sponsors because they've been rocking with us. And I just want to uh, thank you. Uh, for asking the questions thank you for pushing that and saying you know hey we'd like to hear a little bit more of you so we're here and it's unscripted and i'm officially off the hot seat